Like, if that's the best the colonel got, Popeyes don't got to worry anything about this restaurant war. They got this shit on the back. I mean, they're so baller, they're coming out with their first ever fish sandwich? Get the fuck out. Yeah. What kind of fish? I I don't know. Probably some sort of, uh, you know, a white fish of some sort. They say it's flounder, (laughs) but we know that's not, you know... (laughs) The quotation marks around flounder really give me pause. Yeah, there's an X in there for some reason. Flounder. <laughs> okay. Sure. Flounder. What is that? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fish. Wait, how did you say that? F-I-S-H? Yeah, there's don't a worry A in it. there, too. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. It's great. It comes with a tartare sauce. Tartare? We caught it. Or- we caught it in the ocean? Is there a Ocean. T in that? <laughs> Wait, don't is worry that about a C C H E N? What are you trying to say? Mm, don't worry about it. Uh, just come to Popeyes. Get your uh. Stop it asking so many questions. Pop saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop saga. Hello and welcome to Pop Saga. Today we're going to be dissecting the hit Beatles song off the album Let It Be called Get Back featuring Jojo. Wait, I'm getting a look from Forrest. Luke (laughs) is telling me that I've got the wrong Jojo. Well, when you said Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, I assumed it was the tale of Jojo that left his home in Tucson, Arizona for some California grass. Why leave Arizona? I'm sure they have parks there as well. Oh, you meant the 2012 anime JoJo Bizarre Adventure. And we're going to be talking about the first two episodes? Okay. Uh, Based on the original 1987 Shonen Jump series created by Hariko Araki, part one of this series is called The Phantom Blood. And it's featuring rivals Jonathan Jojo Joestar and Dio Brando in the late 19th century. You can tell, you can say a lot for us with a look. Um, As always, (laughs) I'm joined by Forrest Joestar, the hero of our bizarre tale. And who am I? Well, I'm John, number one man, of course. (laughs) How you doing today? Uh, forest star Joe. Joe. <laughs> uh, well, here's something funny. When I was a kid, they uh, my older brother used to call me Fofo. So all right there, there's a connection to uh, the eponymous hero of our of today's tale, JoJo Joe Star Jonathan Joe Joe Star, aka JoJo. Well, now it's going to be Forrest, a.k.a. Fofo. That's right. And everybody out there, if you see me on the street we've never met, feel free to use that very personal name. I'm sure it'll go over great. Fofo! 
<laughs> oh, oh, what did I do wrong? <laughs> um, that was a great. Uh, that was a great intro. Um, I especially uh, appreciate how you could feel me looking at you, even though we are not looking at each other currently. Um, that's that's how powerful and uh, voluminous my uh, my looks are in terms of their what they carry uh, in each glance. Yeah, there's a you got a lot of minutes with those looks, like you mm-hmm. can. You know, this isn't like the old days where you're like, well, I got 300 minutes. I better use it wisely. You were able to convey everything. And my bad. My bad. I just. <laughs> Sorry I you would... prepped so much for that Beatles song. I mean, we've never done a song before, but we were, uh, you know, you know, maybe someday. Yeah. One day we'll cover uh, Get Back and the uh, four five weeks of prep that i've done for it to go through the different core changes and what that symbolized and um why jojo was important in that song in the first place um and it's funny i'm today years old when i realized why he left tucson arizona for some california grass did not mean the grass in a park and Well, mm. what can we say? Um, whether it be Kentucky Blue or Granddaddy Purple, <laughs> in California, we got the best grass. Yep. Our lawns are covered. They're filthy with... Bud? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not even trying for the simile there. That's <laughs> just going out and saying yeah. Yeah, I was going to be like, the budding... Pl- yeah, fuck it, bud. It's bud, right? That's like, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Weed. We're talking about weed, people. <laughs> it's legal here in California, okay? So just well, come out, you go to a store, it's themed like an Apple store, you spend way too much, and then you get a little bit of weed. <laughs> yeah, back in the day, the Beatles were talking about the plight of having to leave Arizona, where I assume they are from, to go to <laughs> California for some grass. Yep. The Beatles, classic Arizona band. Right? They met, they met at a Phoenix Foster Freeze. Everyone knows that. Yeah, you know, like, you know, uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. I'm sure there's strawberry patches out there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Arizona yeah, I mean, known... Known the world over for its delicious fresh berries. Yeah, you know, and, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and they got diamond shaped skies. Yeah, it all it all checks out. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that that classic Beatles ditty, Lucy in the diamond shaped skies. Uh, or I'm sorry, um, uh, Lacy in the diamond-shaped skies. Uh. <laughs> you know the worst part is I think you'd still get us DMC. <laughs> I know. You're like uh, too close. Listen, buddy, you can't go singing a songs doobly doo buddy. Sorry. Uh, apologies to both Paul McCartney and Dana Carvey. Uh, shamelessly stealing. That's a sort of cadence from the the genius star of uh, Master of Disguise, Pistachio Disguisey himself, 
Dana Carvey. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, yeah. All right, let's just... <laughs> you want to talk, talk about JoJo? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about JoJo. So, uh, before we get into it, John, what is... Maybe you can just briefly tell me, what is your history with anime? This is our first anime, so it's a little bit of a momentous occasion. Hopefully some of you out there have been waiting with bated breath um, for us to cover anime. I'm sure to some of you out there, they'll be like, no. As <laughs> we're so, going to push stop right now. Yeah, they're, they, uh, they started hearing us talk about uh, JoJo, and they're like, But I do hope some of you out there are like, yes, 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 yes. I hope so. Yeah, but John, do you have, uh, did you watch anime much as a kid when you were growing up? Yeah. Um, Like, I mean, probably most people who are, Growing up in the 80s, your first experience with anime was either Robotech or Voltron or, um, you know, Battle for the Planets, if you got those reruns, or um, Star Blazers, you know, that was probably your first experience with anime, whether you realized it or not, and that was certainly my first experience with it, too, but, you know, having an older brother, we'd go to a lot of conventions and at the time, you know, no longer because streaming services exist, you know, sometimes you'd find a, a table that would have a bunch of VHS tapes that would just be of different uh, cartoons you couldn't get over here in the States, um, you know, subtitled and all that good stuff. So I would say like my first real exposure to anime was uh, Macross, Do You Remember Love, which is just, uh, you know, the Robotech the first part of the Robotech story, if you remember watching Robotech growing up. And it was amazing. So, like, I was pretty much hooked from that point. And, you know, we'd, I'd watch whatever he had. So if it was Bubblegum Crisis, I watched Bubblegum Crisis. If it was uh, AD Police, I watched AD Police. If it was uh, Gundam, I'd watch Gundam. So, uh, and being a San Francisco kid, you know, you have Japantown, so... I'd have even more of that anime reinforcement by going there and seeing all the cool toys and art and, you know, art books. I'd actually say the, like, the anime show books where you could actually see all the different, like, blueprints and things got me really interested in owning art books. And hence why I have a pretty extensive art book collection because of it. Well, that's, so, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, it's just, I mean, that... It, it was always there. We always sought it out. And, um, you know, when it finally started to become mainstream, it was, or uh, mainstream uh, as in like, you know, it's a, it's a concept known in the United States, um, versus it just being like, oh, that's just some nerd shit. You know, once Cartoon Network and Adult Swim started putting anime on there, then, you know, it started to get real big notoriety. You know, same mm. with, you know, same with Fox. You know, One Piece and Pokemon was probably like the the huge foray of bringing it over here and making it uh, viable. But yeah, yeah. 
I'd say for years I've been watching anime on and off. Yeah. I think I have a, I mean, I have a similar story, although, you know, I didn't grow up in the city. I grew up in a small town. So my exposure to sort of the trappings and uh, infrastructure around anime was not, I mean, it wasn't until, you know, much later, but I started off with Robotech. Then I eventually saw Akira and that really, uh, those two things together really sparked my interest. And then I was also sort of like a weird, awkward, unlikable, lonely kid in high school. And there is like, you can find um, some camaraderie and like a, a place to sort of belong for, you know, indoor, indoor weirdos like myself. Um, no offense to the other people who are into anime there, you know, I'm sure they were great but i'm just speaking of myself here and uh it was just nice to find uh something that you could relate to other people on and it was also you know it didn't it had all the tropes that i was looking for at the time with uh you know magical powers and cool fights and and um you know really in some cases really good animation um but and i've seen a lot of the 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 animes that you uh listed out there and uh certainly when i was growing up there was no good way to there was no crunchy roll like you were saying and i didn't have access to like conventions so we i used to have a friend who was part of an anime club who would go to like a library with a bunch of other people who you know that were part of this club and they would you know trade vhs tapes that they they had and some of them were fan dubs and subs, and I just got them sort of second hand from him to the point where I think it was like junior year in high school. I dressed up as like I cosplayed, which is something I didn't like oh, wasn't really a thing. But for Halloween, I dressed up as a character from the anime Fushigi Yugi. I think it was that one, and uh, it was this guy. I think his name was Chitri. I don't know. But either way, like, it was the kind of thing where Fujiyugi, I don't think it wasn't then and still isn't now sort of a household anime name. So it's kind of when you make a costume so obscure. Like, if I, if, if I knew about anime conventions back then or cosplay was more of a thing, I'm sure you could find a bunch of people who are like, oh, you're this guy. But back then, it was just like me describing this character <laughs> to everyone who asked, who are you supposed to be with your blue hair that's all like, uh, you know, uh, aqua-netted into place and your your weird sort of um, uh, accoutrement. And um, so that's, you know, it's it ended up being a very humiliating experience for the, except for the one other person in school who knew exactly who had given me the tape to see. So he's like, nice! Cool! <laughs> Everyone else is like, oh boy, here's yeah, this see, dork. Yeah, he's like a librarian, you see, but then he does some ninja moves, and he's kind of cool, um, but he's a little morose as well. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people are like, oh, cool! And then they immediately have to have somewhere to be because you don't want to be trapped in in sort of that explanation pit um but this is this so this was your idea um to give credit where credit is due but you said let's not do our typical thing where we'd go back and you know visit something that has a great deal of nostalgic meaning to us 
let's find a show that has obviously been important to pop culture and watch it for the first time. And so that's what we did with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Uh, we we watched it for the very first time. And you, so you're going to get our, our fresh, non-spoiled, non-influenced um, takes on this very popular show that I've never seen. Yeah, I mean, they might be... Uh... We call it hot takes. Uh, yep. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. So, like you said, I I just wanted to do something different um, because I've growing up, I would see a bunch of you know JoJo merch all throughout conventions. You know, dude who kind of looked like for me anyway, it was like dude who kind of looked like Fist of the North Star guy. Mm-hmm. But wasn't Fist of the North Star guy, but um, always kind of wondered what it was about. And then I noticed that, like, making a huge comeback. And because, you know, they they, re- they jump-started a new anime series, you can watch it on... I watched it on Hulu, but I think you can also watch it on Netflix. So, you know, you don't even need the Crunchyroll. You, you, you don't need it. You, you, you can go to the Netflix and watch this. And I just wanted to watch... Something that neither you and I, uh, for me anyway, I had no concept of what JoJo Bizarre's adventure was other than, like, I remember seeing uh, video game images of it, you know, like I'd see it in magazines, but I never knew anything about it. And um, I wish I would have known more about it. (laughs) (laughs) I think... I'm right there with you. That's a really good point. I think that if you're a fan of this show, just know that we didn't know anything about it going in. And so I think if we had maybe consulted with somebody who has knowledge of this show, they could have maybe steered us in the right direction to sort of get a better idea of the essence of what the show actually is. Because we chose to watch the first two episodes, which in the past has served us fairly well, usually... You know that you get a pretty good sense of the sh- of a show based on its uh, the first couple episodes, but um, uh, wow, I feel because I'm only familiar with JoJo through the memeverse or the different memes that, you might see yep. here and there, and so I don't like what we saw is so wildly different than what I thought it was uh, or would be that. Um, I think in a way where we won't probably be doing this this entire series justice. So just keep that in mind. A little bit of context when you, when you're listening to the the rest of this episode. Yeah, I couldn't said it better myself. I, <laughs> I wish I would have. I wish I would have found someone to be like, Nah, dude, just start with season three. You'll be fine. <laughs> and right. I've been like, Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I get the uh, impression that while these, I guess if you're very invested in the characters, these sort of opening foundational things probably set up a lot of what the characters' personalities are like later. But, um, yeah. Well, let's just get into it. Yeah, let's let's do it. Um, So, uh, the two episodes start with one... Uh, the first one is called Dio the Invader. Yep, and he certainly was. Yep, and um, 
It is, and then the second episode is called, uh, it was, in IMDb it's listed out in its Japanese game, name, but on Netflix it was called A Letter to uh, From the Past, the second yes. episode. Yeah, versus so that's, Kakao, got Kara, to? No, Tagami, yeah, that, that's what yeah. I got on, okay. that's what I got on um, the old Hulu, uh, not sponsored by, but yeah, at us, <laughs> we're listening. We're, We're off for only. only. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but if you want us to rip shows that are on your platform, feel free to <laughs> We'll do an ad for you, Hulu. Yeah. I've got a little handkerchief that I'm waving at the microphone. You, Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh and also i think it's worth pointing out that we we chose to um we chose to watch the dubbed version of this and not the original japanese uh because i'm old and i don't want to read a subtitle i don't want to read a subtitle anymore uh, i do want it noted that normally when i do watch animes i do watch them subbed uh typically but in this instance i wanted to make sure that we saw exactly the same thing yeah Um, and i want for the record i want to just say just before we move on i want to say i don't watch it (laughs) subbed uh when i can i almost always watch dub these days because as i said before i don't want to read a subtitle don't make me read a subtitle i don't wanna forrest does not speak for both of us pop side (laughs) It's almost like reading subtitles because that's how they kind of grew up watching anime in the first place. Watching it subtitles the way I learned how to do it and kind of comprehend the language as it's gone. Anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, like, I did too, but I, I don't know. I, I have no patience for it anymore. Apparently, Forrest has gotten too old and lazy and not able to read voice. Anyway, that's uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, just remember, John's still there. Though in this case, I don't think hearing the original. Voices would have made it any better. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, so the I, I wrote down that this the episode opens in a pretty rugged way um, with yeah, a rough. terrible cart crash. I don't know if the original Japanese version had like fully showed this not in shadow, but even the silhouette of this guy who is impaled on the spokes of a broken wheel looks horrifying yeah it's pretty fucking gross and you know like i didn't realize this even took place like in like the 19th century yeah right? in I england yeah in england it's this this time it shows us it's 1868 and i just went oh it's one of those huh okay uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Um, just super bloody. Like, you know, you'd get the lightning flashing. It it was just like, it'd be fine if it was in silhouette. You would would understand what was silhouetted. But like, now let us just show a little bit of lightning, show you exactly what the viscera of this carriage wreck. And I was like, oh, yeah, that thing went through that dude's mouth. That's gross. Yeah. Um, So a carriage is wrecked, leaving uh, a woman and a man dead and a one... Uh, I guess a baby alive, and uh, uh, the the guy, the, the father, the patriarch is also alive, but also uh, 
there happened to be a uh, ne'er-do-well and his wife passing. Um, I say and his wife because it's clear that she is not a ne'er-do-well, but he is. I don't know what I don't know what kind of bet she lost to marry this yellow-toothed grosso uh, when she is uh, a perfectly uh, nice and beautiful woman, but um, I guess that Eight- kind of comes into to play later. 1868 England, man. Yeah, he had enough teeth. I guess. Yeah, he (laughs) didn't completely whistle when he talked. So you know, and of course we get this. The thing about these first two episodes is this first episode is extremely slow, and uh, almost nothing except misery porn happens the entire time. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sad episode. But not like, yeah, yeah. It's just like one incident after another, and you just kind of go, "Jesus, get me." Where, where's the fucking dude punching like super fast? I remember seeing, I remember seeing that. <laughs> where are all the powers. Where, are all where the is powers? the cool fashion? Where is like the the crazy outlandish costumes? Where are these like buff spirits that that uh, seem to be connected to? To each of the main characters, they, uh, I'll spoiler alert: they do not make an appearance in either of these two episodes. Yeah, I think I almost messaged you for us to be like, mm, "I think we should." <laughs> it's I know it's too late because we probably both already watched it, but fuck, maybe yep. we should fast forward to shit. Because... I had I had a similar <laughs> I had a similar uh, feeling when watching this, but um, yeah, so the. Basically, the, this um, this this carriage accident has taken the life of this this guy's wife. Uh, I guess his name is what uh, George George Joestar, yeah. exactly. And um, he is sort of uh, this, he's being robbed by this toothless old man. But uh, but he it turns out he's actually he survived the crash, so he thinks he's being saved he mentions the word providence a lot when he really means like stupid coincidence (laughs) it will be bad for him later um so yeah we get a ton of like he just he's alive enough to give this huge exposition dump like he's like how's my wife he's like well she's dead he's okay anyway so we'll thanks for this we'll (laughs) we'll get you back well, we we got your we're your uh, we're in your debt. The the Joe Star family is in your debt, um, and uh, we flash then forward to twelve years later. This these first two episodes take insane um, time jumps. Yeah, yeah, we I think we jump almost a total of uh, nineteen years within this shit. Just the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the episode ends with a seven year time jump. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last thing in the episode is like seven oh, years oh, later oh. to be Huzzah! continued. <laughs> yeah. I'm here I am going like you don't want to go to a hundred years in the future, huh? <laughs> give me give me them leather pants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we basically see uh I'm not it's not basically we exactly see in this this 12 year later jump sort of the the um the fates of the the two the, the offspring of these two families the the um 
the Brandos and the Joe Stars. And the Joe Stars are rich, and the Brandos live in squalor. Um, and uh, Joe 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 Star has like been treated to a, a fairly like charmed upbringing, and uh, the shots of Dio Brando. Uh, we get are just him being um, like beaten and abused by the the rough characters in his neighborhood, and also uh, his his dying abusive uh, father. Yeah, he still had the same uh, teeth in his mouth, but uh, yeah, but he was able to keep those yellow little kernels. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I better start looking after these. It's me, Gwildor. Um <laughs> kind of looks like <laughs> kind of yeah like if uh, gwildor moisturized like, you, know, <laughs> right. was, you know he went through the whole skin treatment uh, you know <laughs> right dario and dio uh are the names of uh of the the, the father and son um respectively uh <laughs> go ahead I was gonna say did you did you like the fact that when dio was swindling people it was like in chess Yes, like, you know, yeah, just right. versus just picking someone's <laughs> the King's pocket. Game. Yeah, you know, like ah, uh, this, this, you know, chess, the brute sport. You know, <laughs> it definitely seems like somebody who is, uh, who who's only sort of heard of England uh, or or you know Victorian London in like books or. Uh, you know, has just sort of a passing knowledge of the of the culture. It's like, what would, what would they do? Like, if you were in the worst part of London, Ogre Street, the worst part of London, what would you play? What would all those those rough customers? What would they play? Chess, probably. They're English, right? They like chess. Yeah, they love chess and everything. I learned from uh, about England. Yeah, I watched on. Are, uh, are you being served? I know that's faithful. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I watched a, uh, a a snippet, like fifteen minutes of uh, Great Expectations on PBS, and now I'm good to go. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So this is just basically we get the this to set up the 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 differences between these two characters because they're gonna be the the people we follow going forward at least for this series and um it, it's very like on the nose right we ha- we see uh that dio is sort of like tactically brilliant and uh tough and has had a hard life and then we see jojo has had a very bucolic life and then he is sort of obsessed with this idea of being a gentleman and how that sort of how one comports themselves um matters a lot to him and so we're introduced to sort of that concept as he as he's uh, these two bullies which look just like grown men are sort of molesting (laughs) molesting this woman's or this little girl's doll Let's see if she's got all the bits and bobs eh, under the old dresserooski. Yeah, thank you. I wrote these guys and go like they're easily twenty-five to like thirty years old. <laughs> you weirdos! And then, and that's I guess what JoJo thinks too, because he tries to fight him and he gets summarily uh, uh, kicked to near death <laughs> based on the look on the this uh, girl's face as as um. As as she sees uh, these guys just 
go to town on this Jojo. He tried to he tried to intervene, but um, you know, doesn't know how to fight. Is apparently besides his like massive size, is is does does no idea what to do with those muscles. Um, yeah, he's and, not uh, trained. He's a... not yet. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Um, go ahead. No, then I was just like, then he gets up and she thanks him for it, and then he gives her shit for it. Yeah, I was a, a gentleman. <laughs> I had to be a gentleman. I am a hero. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is a it's a hilarious like first encounter for those two. Um, but then what I love most about this like collection of scenes is at the very end, it's clear that they're like I don't even know if this was in the original Japanese version, but it's clear that they're like okay, no one's gonna get. Or we don't trust the audience to get what's going on here, which is understandable because they've thrown a lot at you in the first, like, what feels like five minutes. Yeah, and so they that. just have a, some weird random voiceover, but just like, this is the story of these two guys and how the thing's going to go crazy. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Bye. I'll be yeah. back later. And how do we bring them together? We get uh, Dario, Dio's dad, dying. Man, that was a lot of Ds. Um,. <laughs> And like the the fucking this dude is truly a shithead because he's spitting on his dad's grave, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna go uh, take this letter now and go uh, go to Joe Joestar since or George Joestar since he owes him, and you know I'm gonna live the life I was always meant to live." Yeah, so he he's uh I guess the the weird alcoholic dad never decided to cash in this favor. Uh, until just now, which seems like an incredible amount of restraint for someone who is, is, just seems like a total piece of uh, human fresca. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so Dio arrives at the the Joestar Manor, and already he sets up that he, he is the character we're supposed to hate by kneeing a dog in the face. <laughs> in the face like there's no faster route to being hated on a show than um you know abusing a uh friendly puppers straight up if he would have kicked jojo in the face i'd have been like eh probably deserved it he's like but. yeah this little lord Fauntleroy, as the <laughs> as the bullies refer to him as which i had to look up i was like was that even out in 1886 and indeed uh, that's when it was published. So that was definitely like somebody who looked up England, 1886. <laughs> oh, little Lord Fauntleroy. Gotta throw that reference in there. Of course. Um, and but yeah, tea. to your point. Right. <laughs> to your point, though. I mean, you know, if he's kind of like a little rich shithead, it wouldn't, you know, if he'd need him in the face, you're like, okay, well, he comes from the, you know, he comes from a hard life. That makes sense. But no, he needs the dog in the face. And then, uh, that's you know that set up his machinations. He's um he is all about playing mind games, and uh, he's gonna try to to uh, he's gonna try to to usurp uh, the the Joe Star for- fortune for himself. Yep, he's gonna get everything that he's owed, or he feels that he's owed, and do whatever it takes to get there, including getting George Joe Star to tell everyone that. He will be treated his own son. He's just like, hey, <laughs> yep. yeah, I owe his uh, dad, uh, so you treat him like he's my own son. Goodbye. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then at this point I wrote, when 
does the bizarre adventure begin? This is more <laughs> like, you know, like, uh, well, what's that for Downton Abbey? Yep, I, I wrote, <laughs> I wrote everything. I was like, this is already very Downton Abbey, because it's just about, like, somebody who is of a lower station, sort of working the social um uh the the sort of social machinations of the wealthy in, in order to to get themselves uh raised in status and so and there's no like aside from the fact that they keep uh cutting to the mask and like there's a, a white like mask with fangs on it that they keep showing and like oh oh what's this mask and they Nothing, yeah, I have by the n- way. No fucking clue what that man. Very strange little mask. Um, and uh, so we. It's kind of hilarious how fast um, JoJo's dad sort of falls in love with uh, Dio, who outwardly is incredibly well mannered and respectful. And so immediately, like, JoJo's dad is like, JoJo, you are a piece of shit. <laughs> Dio is the best. Look at Dio. He's being so good. Oh, <laughs> now here's the kind of son that would never poison me. Yeah, look how he eats his food with a knife <laughs> and fork. I'm thoroughly <laughs> impressed. No dinner for you, Jojo. It is very much manners maketh the man. Mm-hmm. I call it the manners montage. And I do <laughs> like the part where they're um they're like doing their studies and Jojo is kind of goofing off and then he gets Wrapped on the hand by a black dildo. <laughs> yeah, like they did in, back in. Uh, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it, it has like the uncharacteristic, or sorry, the the t- completely characteristic uh, behavior of a uh, of something rubber when <laughs> it's it's like all shiny. There's something very uh, dildonic about it. If uh, if you'll <laughs> if you'll pardon my French. <laughs> I'll put that on a shirt. There's something <laughs> so, dildonic about this. <laughs> um, and and so we're just like, uh, it, this isn't us just like recapping the show. It it jumps around like crazy because next thing you know, there's a big boxing match, which I guess everybody shows up for. <laughs> just I guess JoJo just says, "I'm ready to box," and then. Everyone gathers around, and it's a surprise who he actually will box. And uh, I'll give you two guesses about who his opponent is, but you'll only need one, because it's Dio. Oh, man, I was going to guess. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was Danny for sure. I thought the dog was going to get his comeuppance. (laughs) He was going to be like, Oh, no! By the way, that is a that is a sound clip from JoJo the uh, the Japanese version. Um, so that's why it might not sound like the voice actor who does JoJo in the dub version. But there you go. I think it's Matthew Mercer. Does in the in the English version? You are correct. Yeah, it it had a Matthew Mercer sound. You know. Yes, like, there's a Mercerish quality to it. Yeah, which is which is all good to me. Um, and that was about it. That was that was the only thing that was good was Matthew Mercer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because continuing the the misery porn, uh, you know, 
Jojo tries to box Dio in a friendly little boxing match, but Dio has his number. He's a much better trained fighter, so he is able to dodge all of Jojo's attacks. And then he uh, he elbows him in the face and like rubs his elbow, <laughs> or like no, that's puts later. His thumb. And then he puts his thumb in his eye, yeah, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, and then he goes as everyone's sort of cheering him on. He's like, "I'll tell you a secret about how to do that move, assembled crowd, but don't tell it to JoJo. He can't keep a secret." And everyone's like, "Oh, fuck him! <laughs> yeah, fuck JoJo. He's the worst." Yeah, this first time I've heard of it, but fuck him. <laughs> everyone's immediately obsessed with Dio and and his his uh, his plans to sort of isolate JoJo uh, like socially and drive him mad like couldn't be working out better because everybody takes his side even to the point where it is sort of like a almost breaking of the fourth wall moment later JoJo is like chasing a bunch of people who <laughs> He, he was sitting in a tree and he like heard them walking by and he's like, Hey, what you guys up to? And they, they you know, give him the cold shoulder. And so he, as he's running after them, he goes, Well, what did I even tell? Like, what did I even say? <laughs> he's like, Tell me what I said then. And of course they can't because he hasn't actually done anything, but they, uh, they're just, uh, you know, they're on Team Dio right off, uh, off the bat. He just has that charisma. Yeah, everyone is on the Dio. Yeah, Everyone. except not everybody, yeah, because uh, because uh, the the woman from before, or the, I should say the girl from before, um, she shows up after uh, Jojo has a little has his, his Marsha 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 moment, <laughs> where he's like D O D O D O, um, and she like leaves him. And a weird thing, yeah, she sort of sneaks up, he notices her, she gets nervous and runs away, but beforehand, like, she, she hangs a basket of grapes on, uh, on a a, a nearby tree with the, the handkerchief that she found of his earlier in the episode, and, um, that just launches us right into a montage about their relationship, like, they become fast friends because Jojo has no friends anymore, be having been isolated by Dio. And so he uh, forms a, like a, a potentially um, romantic relationship with Arena, mm-hmm. um, which is, is the, uh, the girl's name. But uh, much like everything in this first episode, that lasts a minute and a half, 30 seconds, if I'm generous. Yeah, I think you're being generous, but sure. Because, <laughs> yeah, because guess what? Here comes Dio, and of course he can't let JoJo be happy at all. So, um, so he forcibly uh, kisses Arena. He finds her out in the 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 woods and forcibly kisses her, so she can't. Her first kiss can't be from JoJo. It's instead from this gross. Uh, this this disgusting Dio character, and then, and then she's she's like washing her. This is actually it's not funny again, but it's actually super. It's it's disturbing, but her washing her mouth out with dirty river water, sort of after yeah. this assault, is and that really sets. I mean, it's it's. It is not funny, but it's also sort of funny because of how mad it makes Dio. 
And just to see her, like, manic because of this concept that, you know, I guess maybe, I you know, it's just, it's horrendous. And then, yeah, just her washing her mouth out, like, with the dirty water because that's the closest one like they even call out there's like a river just right over there that would be cleaner water (laughs) yeah like that it's sad it's disturbing it is sad and she's just doing this and then yeah dio being fucking dio hits her because dio i guess yeah he well (laughs) so he forcibly kisses her in a way that is disgusting and awful but then when she is just like, oh, God, this is awful. I have to get this, like, I have to somehow wash this this terrible experience away. He's like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? My kiss is not enough. Or my kiss is not good enough. And you would rather have with river water a mud puddle in there. And uh, he does he does break off a stake from a tree, a sharpened stake, and is about to impale her. And is like, whoa, Dio. Pump the brakes, buddy. You got this plan. It's going to take eight years to come to fruition. What happens to Arena is the is the final straw. So Jojo comes back to the mansion, finds Dio, and then... Like, there's no... This isn't earned at all. We don't see him training. He's just mad. And that anger brings out some sort of power in him, and he just, like, beats the ever-loving Cheez-Its out of... Uh, Dio there. Yeah, this is this is the most exciting part of this whole episode. Right? It's the only ex- <laughs> it's the only interesting part. And I was ready for like, you know, cuz I've as we said, we were both anime fans, so we kind of know how the 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 tropes work. I was definitely ready for some magical boy like transformation happening this is i'm like oh here's where we're gonna get the first look at this this crazy purple spirit i've seen in all the the memes and stuff it's gonna come out and punch dio with the the nards but nope he's just it's just him um beating dio and they're they get in kind of just like a, a young man fight yeah i mean again this is probably the coolest part to me you know having like all the like the characters flashing on the sides too as he's just punching the shit out of uh dio even when dio like headbutts him or no when jojo gets hit in the face by dio then uh jojo i think headbutts him you know until he falls backward bleeding i was like yeah this dude does not give a shit about pain at this point congratulations dio all your I guess I don't know minutes, months. I don't know how long he was doing <laughs> I have this. No for. Idea. <laughs> you know, I have no like, idea how long it was. Like, but of course, it doesn't matter how long it is, right? Because the dad is somehow there to witness this fight and blames it on JoJo. Of course, he's like, oh, "I saw you beat the ever-loving crackers out of that guy, and you didn't stop when you should have. A little beating's okay, but this is too much." <laughs> Yeah, like it's, and he was, you know, getting probably a couple extra, you know, good licks in that, you know, this fucking kid deserved. He's like, you're a coward. You should have left him alone, Brock. Yeah. Also, I mean, like, doesn't he remember that this is the same guy who gouged, uh, <laughs> gouged JoJo's eye out? Um, not days, seconds, minutes, months earlier, <laughs> whenever, however long ago that boxing match was. 
Yeah, I think about five minutes ago. Uh, as far I, as I can tell. Yeah, it's like time has no meaning in this. Uh, other than that, uh, you, like, yeah, this was well, so weird. And the oh, worst fucking part, Dio pulled a switchblade on JoJo. Yeah, yeah, and he's just like, <laughs> you call him a coward? And, and don't tell me he couldn't see the switchblade, because he was, like, on the balcony looking over. It, you know, like, well, I could see. Yeah, he also said he was there the whole time, and, like, so he obviously saw him pull the knife on his his actual son, and he's just like, come on. He wasn't, that was, that was for marmalade, obviously. <laughs> he was making um, him some, uh... English muffins. Yeah. He had some... Look at those scones over there. They're steaming fresh hot. You gotta get the marmalade on right away. He had the marmalade knife. Come on, Jojo. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh... So, uh, you know, it, it, he made uh, Dio cry, and so Dio's very embarrassed. So what do you do when you're embarrassed? You go home, you breathe, you think about it, you think about what you can learn, and then you burn that motherfucker's dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, even Batman's mad at the thought of this dog burning. How the fuck did you hide, like, this big-ass dog in, like, the trash burnatorium? I don't know what this would be. Lights a cigarette, throws the match in, and all we see is the, uh, the door getting beat on, and he's the butler having a fucking... <laughs> Manic moment. Of, yeah. Oh God! Oh, I'm burning someone to death. <laughs> he better not open. Yeah, he sees a box in there. Does not check it. Locks the door. Lights, <laughs> lights it on fire. And then, as there's obviously something alive inside, is in no rush to open said door. This is like, oh no, someone's burning in there. Uh, anyway, what's on the books? Like, what was there even to do? Where was he going? I mean, he was, you know. At that point, maybe had to go have his elevenses or something. You know, like, yeah, he's like, <laughs> I'm going to go have a, a, a snifter of, of cocaine cola, and then I'll come back to see if this door's still knocking. Maybe then I'll let them out. I'm sure they'll be fine. They can wait mm, half an hour for tea. Yeah, just manic enough not to open the door. I mean, I guess to be fair, if I was in issues. And I just thought I was burning trash, and the door just started beating. I would probably be like, mm, "Let the fire deal with it." Yeah. So that dog broke out of the crate and then tried to get out and died horribly. So that's fun, fun anime, fun cartoon. Uh, and then it—that's basically where it, uh, that's basically where the episode ends. Thank Roundabout you. by the band Air. No. No? Wrong. Yes. Wrong. Correct. Wrong. How much you want to bet? Well, I mean I looked up some I looked up some trivia. Yeah, yeah, they're not the one who originally did the song. Oh sorry. Yes. I said air. It's a it's a three letter thing. Yeah, it's yes, not air. Yes, not air. The other three-letter band name. Yeah, because um, I had this ready to go, too. 
See, I had it ready too. I was ready too. <laughs> there you go. Because this was my favorite part of the whole damn thing. Was <laughs> right when the first episode <laughs> ended. <laughs> And like, like we said before, literally it was like, it ends on a tag that's like seven years later. And you're like, oh, well, they're going to tell us what, nope, it just <laughs> it just ends with a seven yeah. year time jump. Yeah, I loved it. I, I yeah. love this part. I was like, I oh, love yeah. that it was over. I was like, dude, dude, I love that fucking beat. It's so badass. Yeah, like, I Again, like, this is something I only knew from memes and it's hilarious when used in a in a meme sort of but the i had no context of what it was actually just i think kind of referencing the fact that these jojo episodes end fairly abruptly and then that music played which is uh which is unintentionally a funny i think but also cool yeah well you said you had some trivia Oh no! Just the uh, the trivia that I have is that the um, the guy who made JoJo's uh, Bizarre Adventure. This is a song that he used to listen to a lot um, when he was uh, when he was coming up with it. So that's why it is in the show. Oh, that's cool. That's a nice little nod. I wish it like fit made more. <laughs> I mean, I guess in a roundabout way, it does. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it, it it does. I think I think it'll probably fit better later in the uh, the series, like so many of the things that were sort of uh, getting hung up on at this point. But um, we're into episode two, uh, one hundred two, a letter from the past, and it opens with a fun little bit of trivia that does not come into play, at least again in this episode, about Jack the Ripper, who. I, it's again it's just something that like they just chose these sort of time periods that coincided with sort of um big moments in actual english history but it's just it's it's like it's almost like those intros we used to, we get with uh batman 66 where the guy's like it's seven years later and jack the ripper's killing everybody in london and then but that it will pale in comparison to what Jojo and Dio are about to unleash. <laughs> like, okay. <Yeah. laughs> the worst is yet, yet. to come. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, this is the first time I got to see the title sequence because they didn't have one in the first one. And I thought the title sequence was pretty cool. It is cool, except for the fact that it's, that thing where it's using it's like early it's like 2012 cg trying to be 2 2d which um looks good sometimes and really bad other times but um in general a much more exciting and action-packed intro than the show we're about to talk about yeah i mean to be fair to this episode there is more action in it than the first one it's true but it's not the action yeah. that I was expecting because I was waiting for yeah, the purple fucking spirit thing to just start punching the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And I think at the end of this episode, I think where the show gets to at the end of this these two episodes has me more intrigued to see more. I think if I had just seen that first episode, I probably would have been like, this is not for me. I'm just going to go ahead and write this off now. I don't want to see Victorian misery porn in anime form. That's not why I come, my personally come to anime. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, this one at least starts to get into the weird sort of, um, sort of, uh, supernatural aspect to the, uh, to the story that was completely missing from the first episode. I mean, they hinted at it with the mask, but nothing that was, nothing that was concrete or why you'd have a mask that once covered in blood would shoot out little legs spikes. grabber thing spikes yeah. yeah who knows what that is and also yeah. has some sort of like will it, it it shook around a little bit or had you know it had some sort of uh interactions in the, on that first on that first episode but um but sort of we don't get that right away because right away they're almost setting us up to sort of be disappointed just like the first episode because the the um, episode opens with after that Jack the Ripper stuff, we go right to a rugby match where uh, a newly humongous freight train of a man, <laughs> JoJo, is uh, he's in college and he's uh, playing a rugby match. Um, and you think he you think he's gonna he does that thing where he you know all the defenders pile on him and he's still walking down the field towards the goal, and you think he's gonna make it, but. He doesn't, and he passes the ball. Who could he be passing it to? The last time we saw Dio, he just killed uh, JoJo's dog, and JoJo knew it. But he passes the ball right to G- to Dio, and uh, and yeah, it looks like for at least for a moment they're the best of friends, which is I guess <laughs> exactly what the uh, the assembled reporters also think because this is a very important rugby game the entire london free press is out to see it yeah well we knew it was important when they did the predator handshake right (laughs) yes yeah dio you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) what's the matter dio fucking college got you pushing too many pencils (laughs) (laughs) but what so the like after the game, everyone's crowding around Dio, and the only the only question they're asking is like, "How close are you and JoJo?" <laughs> which is which is like, it's funny because it's hard to tell what is the translation and what is the original script. But both of JoJo and Dio both have inner monologues within this the first scene that sort of set the table about how they actually feel about each other, and. The reporter's question to Dio seems primarily and solely to get him to say these lines. Because they're just like, no, come on, don't talk about the team. How about you and JoJo? You guys are best friends, right? And then he's like, best friends. Little does he know, I hate that guy. Don't want to tell that to the press. Nope. Mm, And I guess, are they holding out? What are they holding out like microphones, Tim? Because surely there are no microphones in this time. So... Are they just holding pens? And they're like, talk it to this pen and I'll write it down. That's how it works. No, it's more of those educational Diltronic things you're talking about. (laughs) It did look like they were holding a bunch of like little, either little uh, dildos or like blackjacks uh, that they would just, (laughs) if he gave the wrong answer, they're just going (laughs) to club him about the face. Get bipped. No, just come on. Tell me about uh. Tell me about JoJo. Come on. Tell me about JoJo. Stop uh, pressing me in the face <laughs> with that dildo. I'm not gonna tell. 
I'll tell you if you stop hitting me in the face with that dildo. <laughs> Um, so they run back home to tell, uh, their, their, you know, Jojo's real dad and, and, uh, Dio's adoptive dad about this great, incredible win. Uh, we also get the exposition that Dio is becoming a lawyer, appropriate. And, uh, Jojo is, he's, he's doing his, uh, thesis in, um, archaeology. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so, I got news for you, Jojo. You're not fitting through any sort of fucking doorway. Yep. Good <laughs> luck. Uh, good are... luck getting into those ancient tombs with, a, with a, <laughs> a body like a freight train. I mean, there was one part of that art where I sat there and went like, I wish it looked like the title sequence again. Because <laughs> bring it back. You just look like, you know, just like someone was like, hey, I want you to make a JoJo action figure and I'm going to give you nothing but silly putty. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah, I was watching this, uh, this, these episodes with my wife and she was like, oh, he grew up to be a semi truck. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Good way of putting it. Optimus was his dad. Yep. (laughs) That's that's the real... That'll be uncovered later. Yeah, I am Optimus Joestar. <laughs> I had an affair with your mom. Um, this is not a joke. I really did. <laughs> you ever thought? You ever have you ever wondered why your just your lower half transforms into wheels? Um. <laughs> Roll out! But, <laughs> but regardless of uh, the fact that his real dad is Optimus Prime, his at least who he believes his real dad is, uh, George Joestar, uh, is in a bad way. He's sick, um, and uh, he's like, <laughs> they say I should be at the hospital. And then Dio super obviously says, oh, don't go to the hospital. They, they'll just kill you. Stay here. You'll be fine. They, they and, charge too much. Yeah, he's like, they'll fit you for a shroud uh, rather than, you know, cure you because they'll just keep, uh, you know, charging you to your dead. So the the dad sort of in a gullible fashion is like, okay, I'll do what you say. Yeah, <laughs> I trust him. This entire episode just taking his, you know, his adoptive and real son's advice just completely at face value and to the letter. Joe 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 Star Joe 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 Star George Joe 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 um, that that sort of sequence of events immediately sets Jojo off on uh he's a little bit suspicious of uh what's going on but um he uh he doesn't actually uh, kind of uncover what is happening um until he is i guess doing research in the library yeah he's doing like so he's doing archaeology i guess because he's trying to figure out the creepy mask yeah um, it was it belonged to his mom which is like mm-hmm. a key i imagine will be a key point of information that will come back in 
to play later. But yeah, he's doing research on this thing and uncovers the letter that uh, what is his name? Dario. Dario. <laughs> Dario uh, Brando Dario. Mm-hmm. sent to uh, George Joestar, and the he he discovers that the symptoms that uh, Dario the, the the circumstances around Dario's death sound exactly like what's happening to. Uh, George. So he rightly assumes that Dio has been slow, slowly uh, poisoning uh, George in order to uh, take all the power and wealth of the Joestar family. Yep, he did some fine detective work there. I.e. one letter and that's all it took. In the whole giant ass library he found that one letter. Yeah, and uh he sort of uses this information to play Dio into sort of uh, <laughs> yes. into revealing his plan. Because he, he says, you know, okay, uh, I see this little pouch you have for my dad and that you're delivering his medicine. Very suspicious. But all you have to do is swear on the honor of your father. <laughs> And I'll just believe you that you're not poisoning my dad, and that's not something Dio can do. He's got a very like complex relationship with his terrible father, so he just punches JoJo because <laughs> he can't bring himself to swear to do this simple thing to to uh, you know not reveal his machinations. Yeah, but you can't punch a mountain at this point. Nope, <laughs> because he does not even react. It's just, it's just like it did not stop Jojo in any way. Like he didn't go. Oh no, he just just continued forth until uh, what he do picks up Dio and fucking Darth Vader's <laughs> ass over him. a railing. Yep. He defenestrates him over the railing into the the bottom floor and uh, is like, okay, now I'm gonna leave you here with my dad, who is who you're trying to murder. And I am off to London to to uncover the proof because that's the one thing he lacks. He has he suspects that Dio is poisoning him, but without having that poison analyzed, which he really does not seem to do. He he doesn't seem to go to a doctor or anyone or a scientist. He does. No, no there's well, a point where he mentions it, but yes, he mentions it, but he doesn't seem to follow through. Yeah, I mean, you know, hey, at least he set up that there were only certain butlers to bring up George's medicine. So not yeah, even he like hires the- like four doctors. Oh, I think I just thought they were butlers. Yeah, I thought so too because the way they're that they're dressed. Dressed, yeah, they all look like the other butler. They're just bigger. Like if you were to get a bunch of street toughs and give them a like you know a tuxedo, and you're like, you're gonna give them his medicine. And again, yeah. you know, George is like, okay, I'll do anything my son says. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he even has that little bit of dialogue that's like, well, he didn't tell me why. His reasons are his own, but we better do what he says. Um, which is a hilarious sort of about face from him being uh, like just hating and not trusting Jojo at all. Isn't my dad. I can't prove it yet. But yeah, I'll keep you in the house. So you can just kind of go through a bunch of shit, and uh, yeah, and Dio. Goes I don't know how he discovers. Like, how does he discover that the uh, when activated with blood, the mask like 
shoots out these little claws. It was in the first episode. I think they both noticed it. When he got headbutted, and his blood landed on the mask, and the mask hopped off, I think it was safe to assume that they probably both noticed that. Okay, it doesn't have anything like... There's no way... They don't tell the audience that, but... No, No, you just... uh, at the very least, yeah, that makes sense. They were both in this the scene at the same time. Um, can we just talk for a second about uh, JoJo's Sherlock Holmes, like uh, his like blacklight Sherlock Holmes outfit that he wears to London? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty dashing. Yeah, he's got a cap. <laughs> it looks insane. I do like in this show when they do things that are sort of dark and like in the first scene the colors are just like these like uh, i say black light because it looks like what colors look like under a black light which is like this oversaturated unnatural hues of like um you know turquoise and fuchsia um it's the same thing with this this um the sherlock holmes outfit which you know has the classic sherlock holmes hat not sure what the like the technical name of that is but what's bizarre is that this outfit shouldn't work it shouldn't look good it's like a a lime green and like a a rusty reddish color like a red brown but it looks really good (laughs) like the this outfit and the the outfit that we see dio in later are you start to see why people love this show so much and i've I've heard a lot of that love, you know, comes from the the fashion design of the of the outfits that the characters wear, and I see it. There's no point in which it should work, but it works for him. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's almost ridiculous to think he's like, well, I'm going to put on my uh, detective outfit or my hunting outfit as I travel to london but it's a good look i and i have to admit i hate dio but his outfit at the end of this episode was pretty cool yeah it's it's pretty incredible so jojo is going to uh ogre street which is the the worst part of london apparently and i guess that makes sense because it's named ogre street um and uh so he's because he's looking for specifically what the dialogue calls an asian uh apothecary yeah or something to that effect no Uh, yeah an asian apothecary that's who he's looking for once so dia was going to go to london to use this mask to kill jojo and then of course no one would track it back to the him because the the wounds in his like head would be so bizarre that who you know they would know have no idea how the murder had taken place but once he hears that that Jojo is been spotted in Ogre Street, which I guess he must be there for more than an hour, even though it's, <laughs> it just seems like he's there for like half an hour. Um, I but mean, word I don't gets even, back. Yeah, go ahead. I don't even know how far the manor is from London, right? Like, like is it like a twenty minute carriage ride? There's no telling. There's there's no sense of time. So I have no idea how this guy is able to fucking bomb back over to tell him that he was on Ogre Street. Yeah, he gets word from London that he's on Ogre Street, and and then he's like, well, maybe I don't even have to go. He'll just die himself. Um, 
and and we see the sort of the results of that. He gets Jojo gets uh, mugged by three very strange looking, um, like almost Batman the like the Schumacher Batman, Batman Forever style. Uh, you know, tough customers there in the uh in the alleyway, and what <laughs> this whole fight is like. It's very exciting. It's cool to have a fight in the show. But it is funny, like the like not only does he they not show the part where he like dispatches the two other guys, but when odd job finally shows up with his <laughs> uh <laughs> with his blade hat uh and throws it at him like you're like, what is gonna happen? Do you have like some cool moves? No, he just blocks. Let's the blades slice his into his arms to the bone, and then just kicks the guy <laughs> in the nards. Hella hard. Yeah, to the point where the the villain has like a an entire monologue as he's flying through the air, an internal monologue, being like, "Oh, geez, he doesn't care about getting hurt at all. He, uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's got a lot of uh, motivation." Yeah, I mean, it inspired him at that point. Yeah, we see later that it really inspired him because yeah. as a angry mob of regular dressed villains uh, descends on JoJo with sickles and torches and what have you, um, he uh, this this uh, odd job uh, thug decides to uh, say, "Don't anyone hurt him. He could have <laughs> killed me, and he didn't." He's a g- true gentleman. <laughs> His gentleman, gentlemanly ways, and the fact that he spared all three of them, uh, really endears him to these uh, to these these criminals, and they um, end up really celebrating the guy. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, hey, it's all right then. If a uh, fucking otter job, because let's be fair, <laughs> his hat didn't have one ring and it had two. Yeah, and, right. <laughs> <and> you, <laughs> Wait, there's one thing I skipped over that's in my notes uh, that I feel like I have to mention is so the writers of the show want us to understand that Ogre Street really is a terrible place. So uh, when <laughs> when Jojo is walking down the alley before he meets these uh, criminals, he he sees like a sort of like a, something moving under a tarp. And it jumps out at him, and it's a cat, but it has a dead puppy in its mouth. Yes. And, and he's like, "Is that cat killed that puppy? It's eating that puppy. And it's like, wow, this place really is really screwed up. Terrible. Yeah, it's just like everything's upside down. Cats are killing dogs. Men have bladed implements all throughout their clothing. And their hats, their bowler hats are, are decorated with purple popsicle to sticks terrifying (laughs) (laughs) so i guess so dio does end up going to london after all and i guess he's just depressed that his plan isn't working out um and is getting drunk you know uh strolling along along the thames or whatever yeah he's Um, he's turning into his own he's so upset because he's kind of turning into a, a shade of his father you know being a yeah drunk. 
drinking that Cronenberg. Um, <laughs> uh, and yeah, he's attacked. He's also attacked, uh, much like Jojo, by uh, two ne'er do wells. Um, but of course, Dio has no uh, compulsion about. Um, you know, he's no gentleman, so he's he's gonna murder them both. And he and he decides, hey, let me test out this mask that I'm gonna use to kill Jojo on you. It'll be a great test run. Um, and so he puts it on one of the guys, and there's a there's a horrifying blast of light, which he is curious about. What's that light? Um, and uh, and then it kills him. And I guess and then Dio is like disappointed that it killed him. <laughs> he's like, he's like, that's oh, it. That was boring. He he was expecting you know something more, um, but it didn't kill him. Yeah, and it it turned him into something worse than just being dead. Turned him into a shitty vampire. <laughs> yeah, a straight up vampire. <laughs> and I love the scene where he like he hits Dio, and Dio is just fl- flying mm. straight as a board directly backwards, doing like an internal monologue. <laughs> One flick of his wrist, and he broke my shoulder. But he's just like is hilariously planking and like flying backwards. <laughs> he poochied that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> I've got to go here now. <laughs> yeah, no, this, I mean, fuck it. This, this vampire was kind of creepy, right? Like, in a sense that, you know, he had that gray scale skin. You know, he started to have you know, the little vampire teeth, but his were in a weird... I always felt like they were in a weird place when I was watching this. Um, yeah. But when he reaches into Dio's neck... Yeah, he just sticks his fingers, like, under the outer layer of his skin. And it's just, like, drinking Dio's blood that way. I was like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And we could see, like, it's having an effect. The monster, you know, like, the monstrified look of this guy changes until he looks like he did before he had the mask put on him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he he's, like, sort of, everything besides the, the finger... The weird, like, finger entering into your neck t- style of drinking. He's sort of like your traditional uh, vampire. And as the audience, we know pretty, you know, clearly what vampire rules are. Dio does it because he's like, curse this infernal sunrise. Will this be the last thing that I see? And of course, no, because we know the vampire rules. So the sun hits the vampire and poof, he just literally disintegrates into nothing. Yeah, really fast too. So he he wasn't even like blade level of vampire where he could stay around for a couple of minutes cooking before he explodes. He just went boof. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and just like that. The episode's over. Yeah, fucking great again. Ends great. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> Every time I get to hear that song, I'm happy. <laughs> but at least at the end of this second one, I was... The vampire stuff had me interested. I was like, okay, what's the deal with this mask? Like, there are supernatural things, so now I'm more on board. I'm curious to see where it goes. I don't... I mean, I imagine I think... Okay, I'll, I'll make this product promise to the audience. I will check out more episodes... And I'll give an update at some point. I don't know if we'll be 
revisiting this series, I, you know, I'm sure it gets better than these first two episodes, but I didn't have a ton of fun watching them, especially the misery porn parts were just like, not what I need right now. Um, but, uh, I'm going to try to check out more and, and just see where it goes. I don't know. Just give it a little bit more of a chance. Yeah, you have fun with that. You tell me how it is. You yeah. Know. <laughs> that's why um, That's why instead of saying this is something that, that Pop Saga will visit again, I'm just going to take it upon myself to to just kind of see what this is, what the big deal is, or at least try to get a better handle on why people like this show so much and sort of report back because, uh, I don't know. I just didn't feel like I was able to give it a fair shake because I... <laughs> I didn't really like either of these episodes. Yeah, uh, I I am right there with you. Uh, it it was they were a thing. Uh, to be fair, though, you 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 mentioned something about you know uh, kind of like your particular brand of anime. You know, as far as mm-hmm. trying to understand it, like you know, for me, I love robots. I love the military stuff high-tech looking thing so when it you know like vampire hunter d i know this probably be sacrosanct i didn't think much of it i thought it looked cool but i wasn't like a fan of it i was so Um, obsessed with that just the ova or whatever like the movie i used to watch that one so often and to your point it's it's all about aesthetics i don't even remember what the story of vampire hunter d is i know he has a hand that has a mouth on it and talks to him and can eat dirt to heal him. I don't know, but but I just like every role playing character for like a good span of two or three years. Around when I saw that, I was just like, "Oh, mine's just like Vampire Hunter D. His name's Vampire Hunter C because <laughs> he loves the sun." I don't know. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, so- yeah, tell me what you please continue with. Tell me, uh, telling us what you thought of these uh, these episodes. So I mean. In other words, because I didn't even realize what century this one was going to take place in, uh, my understanding of the JoJo series is that each of the parts, like when it concludes, it does a forward jump in time and features a character who carries on the JoJo name. So it's not necessarily always the same JoJo. Like, Got it. Right, so that's my that was my baseline understanding, but I didn't know when it would start. So this was already at a disadvantage, um, and then yeah, just it being dreary and sad, as you put it, misery porn for the sake of being misery porn, didn't help me enjoy it anymore. And, and granted, a lot of animes you watch are pretty, you know, pretty sad, or there's something fucked up that happens in each one of them. Um, that's why I tend to like the 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 mech base ones because I feel like they're not so bad sometimes it obviously unless you're talking it. about Evangelion probably yeah and that one is baller even though I don't understand it um it it just has some yeah it definitely has its moments so uh when watching this I was already kind of on the negative side of the fence um like you after watching the second episode I was like. I'm interested to know what happens. I don't know if I'm interested enough to keep watching or if I'd be willing to read something like on Wikipedia to find out. Well, okay. <laughs> and, you know, 
And after I get to, you know, like read the synapses, I can just do. Right. And then be like, okay, <laughs> this, is pre- this is pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. Okay. So this is what Jojo does to Dio at the end. And I'm like, all right, this is pretty understanding. And then be like. And just listen to that song for the rest of it. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So there's our uh there's our sort of synopsis of it again we i think that if you're a jojo purist out there you're probably like tearing your hair out and saying oh if you'd only watched this episode of that episode or or you know came in on i hear season four i think is is uh or or part four i should say is is where uh people really love that part and I think each of the different books, as you were talking about, has sort of a different feeling to it. Um, so maybe one of the other ones are better. But, you know, I don't know. It just wasn't... It wasn't for me right now. At least these two episodes. And like I said, I'm going to give it a try. But... Um, yeah. Hey, that's more than what I normally would do. At this point, I see anime something. I'm like, it's not... You know, it's not Gundam. I don't give a fuck. And you know, like I just like I'm not gonna watch it. Or yeah, I haven't been keeping up with my anime the same way. Just because very much like how Pop Saga was born of talking about pop culture and like nostalgia and kind of living those moments. I would rather just relive the old animes I watch because I feel comfortable with them. Uh, so I haven't really branched out to watch anything new. Um, so this was cool to take that leap and just sit down and watch something. Obviously, I think, you know, probably pick the wrong season. Uh, <laughs> maybe pick the wrong show. Don't know. Uh, don't add us. Oh, no! Jeez, that scares the shit out of me every time you do it. Kills every sort of train of thought I have. Um... Yes, I mean, it was a thing, and I was glad to do it, but, you know, all this taught me was friends don't let friends pick anime, so... Yeah. Yeah. I think next time we'll probably pick one we know. (laughs) Yeah, one we know, or at least one that you know that maybe I haven't seen, so then there is that, this is why this is dope, dudes, instead of us going like, fuck, okay, vampires, I guess. (laughs) Oh, all right. Jack the Ripper, vampires, sure. I like the fact that you're like, fucking Jack the Ripper ain't nothing compared to the rivalry between these two. All right, well, shit. Show us. Show us. (laughs) Stop telling us. Can we we see the death punches now? Yes. No, we don't get that. We're getting forearm cuts and, you know, fucking hunter outfits for judge anyway it was weird it yeah. i don't know if i'd call it bizarre but it's definitely weird it's yeah <laughs> not a quite bizarre but bordering on the weird yeah. so uh i hope you enjoyed that our episode our first anime episode uh maybe a little <laughs> maybe not the best way to kick off that beloved uh genre of entertainment but um don't worry people we like uh, a lot of anime out there 
Um, and if you would like to suggest any sort of, uh, anime or things that you would like to, uh, us to talk about, feel free to reach out and contact us at any one of our delicious, delightful, uh, social media accounts. You can always email us if you like to do things old school at thepopsaga at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at the Pop Saga and Twitter at the Pop Saga. Uh, you know, John's got that brand incense down pat. Um, and as always, a special thanks to Burton M6 on Fiverr for our incredible theme song. Um, and as we always say, at the end of these episodes, uh, we hope that wherever you are out there, however you're listening to us, we hope that you're happy, and we hope that you're staying healthy, and just like uh, JoJo's dog won't be doing, we'll be back next week. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> just remember, you don't need to leave Tucson, Arizona to find California grass. Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no live. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga.